Talking with Topher, episode 25. If you're a longtime listener, I appreciate it very much. And remember to spread the word. If you're a first-time listener, remember to subscribe and hit those like buttons. And let's get into it. All right. So I am very excited to be back. Uh, Last week was a little crazy. I had deviated septum surgery. I put together some short videos of of the podcast room getting changed over from a computer room. I put out a video on... Uh, my, my COVID test experience and, uh, you know, a little bit before and after surgery. I hope everybody enjoyed those. If you haven't seen them yet, go back and check them out. Uh, this podcast has changed dramatically in the last six months. I went from doing this in my living room to now having, uh, a full room dedicated to just this. So, It's really grown, and I have all of you to appreciate and thank for all of this. I want to tell you about Slow Down Clothing. This stuff's awesome. Look at these prints. You see these prints? Hold on. That's right. These prints, if you're not watching this on YouTube, then shame on you, because you are just missing the picture. (laughs) Ha ha. So let me tell you about Slow Down Clothing. Slow Down Clothing is an amazing clothing line. They have wonderful prints, full colors, and they are just awesome. Then you can get yours at slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. That's S-L-O-W-D-O-W-N-C-L-O-T-H-I-N-G dot B-I-G-C-A-R. T-E-L dot com. That's slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. Go there. Check out their wide selection of many beautiful prints on different fabrics. You've got full sleeve jerseys. You've got uh, short sleeve logos. You've got hats. You've got kids. And you've got women's leggings. And don't forget about, of course your gator that's right they got neck gators too so if you want to protect yourself from coronavirus uh, or help cut down the spread of it you can get your slow down neck gator today i absolutely love these shirts go there check them out again that's slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com that's s-l-o-w-d-o-w-n-c-l-o T H I N G dot B I G C A R T E L dot com. I don't think we talk enough about anesthesia and how it affects us and how we feel before and after. Um, I also don't know how long it actually stays in your system. So I probably should have done a little bit of investigating uh, before getting into it, but this is how I do the podcast. I just turn them camera on and we see what happens that's what i do i haven't come to a decision on having a structure for this thing so i i don't think i don't know if i need to right now you know what i mean um so i'm just gonna i'm I'm gonna run with it so my anesthesia experience uh was what it was it was my own um so 
I uh, was sitting in the hospital. They come in, anesthesiologist. We chit-chat. He asked me if I take any uh, drugs or anything that's not prescribed by a doctor or that I can't get over the counter. And I let him know that uh, I smoke pot every day. And this is what makes me realize that marijuana is nothing like what we were told it was when we were kids or what our adult what our parents thought it was when they were growing up and it has just gotten a false claim since the beginning and i know that we're all waking up to this and realizing it i just think it needs to happen a little bit faster but i looked at him told him i smoke pot every day because he asked me how often and then he asked me if i had smoked before surgery and i told him i had and he said Looked right at me and he goes, oh, that's good. You're going to be easy to knock out then. So if that doesn't tell you that marijuana is not a dangerous substance, I don't know what does. Because if I had named anything, even aspirin to him, I would have not had that surgery. So I just wanted to kind of point that out. I just think this whole thing with Uh, Certain states being legal and other states only being medical and not making it legal is just stupid. And the federal government really needs to step in and just legalize this across the board so that we can be done uh, with this BS that has been going on for way too long. But anyways, so back to the anesthesia. So doctor asked me that question. I gave him that answer. He says, good, you're going to be easy to knock out. Nurse comes in. She goes, I'm going to give you a sedative. It's going to help you relax. I said, okay. And I got ready to be uh, like, you know, shot up with a needle. And she goes, okay, you're all set. I'm done. And I was like, but you didn't, you didn't stab me. And she goes, no, no, no. We put it in your IV. I'm like, what? So they roll me out and I get to the room and I literally remember probably 30 seconds after that. I remember being rolled into the room, seeing where I was going to be operated on and the next thing I know, I'm waking up what I'm going to have to assume. Well, I I went in, I got rolled into that room around 3.30-ish. And I woke up and it was like 6.45 and my wife was uh, sitting across from me. And in the video, I said that I felt like I ate a bunch of edibles. And that's true to a point. I really felt like I had been like hungover. I really felt like drunkish. You know, uh... They don't let you walk out of the hospital. You have to be wheeled out. So I didn't really walk um, except for to the car and then, of course, sat down and then my wife drove me home. So I'm not sure if I was really feeling like I was drunk, but I was definitely foggy like I had I had gotten drunk. So maybe it wasn't a drunken experience per se, but um definitely hungover. So I go home, we do what we do, you know, eat, take care of the dogs, uh, you know, turn in for the night. And the next day I wake up and I 
really feel like I had like hung over, like a heavy hangover. And if you're in your early 20s, you probably won't know what this is. Uh, but if you're in your late 30s to early 40s, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, unfortunately, we can't. Well, I don't. I don't drink, but you can't drink like you used to. You know, when you're in your 20s, you could drink heavily, get super drunk, wake up, and be absolutely fine for work the next day. You just can't do that once you pass like 35. It doesn't happen like that. Even when I was drinking uh, heavily in my mid-30s, I would get severely hungover, and it would cause me to lose days. Like, I would lose, I would get drunk, you know, the night of a weekend, you know, last day of work, got two days off, and you'd spend one day fully recovering from drinking uh, because the body just doesn't process it as quickly anymore. So I felt really, really hungover, right? And I was like, wow, this is crazy. And then me and my wife are talking and uh, she's asking me if I remember certain things. And I didn't. Even after I got home, there was certain things that we talked about. And then the next day, She's like, well, we talked last night. And I was like, uh, nope, do not remember that. So it really stays effective in a sense, even after you wake up past surgery that night, waking up the next morning and still and then not remembering things I did that night before I went to bed. Uh, so that's day one. Then day two, um, my brain started uh, like rebooting. Uh, I like to call it rebooting. Everything's a computer to me. Um, and back and, and 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 it was like when my brain started waking up. I went back to the fri uh, Thursday before surgery, and it was like almost backtracked like an entire two or three days, my brain was like, oh, we've got all kinds of stuff we need to figure out. And that it was all stuff that I had already done, but it was the last thing that my, that I remembered after the anesthesia had gone through or worn off at least 24 to 36 hours in. And all of a sudden, my brain's like, oh, okay, well, we didn't do this on Friday. We didn't do that on Friday. So we got to, you know, give these people a call. We got to take care of this. And so I, I called like the bank and I did a few things. And everybody, the, the three people that I called, they were like, uh, we already went over all this and we set everything up uh, for early October. Uh, did you want to change that? And I said, I had to apologize and feel kind of embarrassed uh, by what I had done. But it was only because my brain was like, no, 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 we didn't do this yet. And it was just so crazy to me that like 36 hours in, things start coming back. It wasn't the things that I was thinking of the day of surgery. It was the things that I was thinking of the day before surgery, 
which I had already taken care of because I had to take care of them before surgery because I wasn't supposed to be doing these things or causing any stress while I was healing. And my brain was like, no, we didn't do this. So I call and find out that I did do it. And for some reason, those memories had kind of been lost as well. So that was a really interesting experience for me. Uh, Day three, um, really felt put together. Uh, Motor skills kind of coming back because even on day two, my motor skills weren't too good. Like if I needed to drive somewhere, I was probably still going to choose not to. Luckily, the way I had everything planned out, I didn't have to leave this house for 11 to 12 days. So that made it even better, you know, easier to deal with. Didn't have to go anywhere. Um, don't have to drive. I, I didn't drive my car again until almost four days later. I think it was about four days later because I just didn't feel right. I didn't feel up to it. I was feeling sluggish. I was feeling tired. I was feeling kind of drained. I actually slept in for three days in a row after surgery. I actually slept in. I didn't get up at six and do my normal. I was up at like eight, nine. And I think that has to do with the anesthesia and the simple fact that my body needed to recover because I had just had surgery. So all those things factored together. But the but the fact of the matter is, is that anesthesia messes with us. It messes with us really bad. And I'm not against it. You need it in order to have surgery. What are you going to do? Sit there on the bed uh, or, or sit there on the table while uh, uh, somebody's operating on you and not be asleep? That sounds, well, like the early 1900s. So we... That's not something that I want to do. And I'm not saying that anesthesia is a bad thing. I just wish I knew more about it. And I didn't think to uh, go and check these things out. I didn't think to look into anesthesia and how it affects the body and how long it lasts in the body. So that's why I'm kind of going over how I felt uh, with the anesthesia. Because, you know... um, I feel like more people should know uh, about about this, about how it feels, about uh, what you're going to go through. And it's really not that scary. I guess a lot of people get real worked up before surgery. The nurse told me she was very surprised at my heart rate being so low and for me being so calm before a surgery. So that was interesting. Um, uh, day four to five, I really started feeling like myself again. Uh, my brain was running and it was doing what it normally did. I wasn't foggy anymore. I was all up to date with everything. Uh, it was just, I was really, really starting to, uh, come together and seeing the end of, uh, the anesthesia road. Um, Yeah, and I was more capable of actually sitting down in front of a computer. I was capable of editing video. I was capable of surfing the net, which was something that wasn't really easy for me to do when I first, the first couple days. I mean, I could watch the TV and I could clip, I could go through my phone, but to sit in front of a computer, different animal, 
and I, my my eyes were killing me. They were like, oh, "I'm not. We're not. We're not into this." So it wasn't until about four or five days later, where I could actually start like editing my podcast and start taking care of those things and sitting down in front of a computer screen again for a couple hours in a row. So it was just it was it was really really interesting how it affected me. Um, and, uh, I, I just, I, I wanted to let other people know, uh, about how it could affect you too. Anesthesia is a crazy thing. It's a really, really crazy thing. And, um, that's why I'm going to do a little bit more research on it and find out some more information on it. Um, because now I'm really curious about it. I, I found out I was only sedated, for my colonoscopy I got a couple years ago, I actually thought I was put under. I guess the last time I got put under is when I had to uh, have my wisdom teeth taken out. So that was many, many years ago. And uh, so to find out I was only sedated and that I was going under, uh, that kind of brought up a few questions. Like, what is the difference between sedation and full anesthesia? You know? I guess uh, sedation, from what he told me, without me doing any looking it up, uh, was more like a real heavy sleep, like a nice deep REM sleep that they can control easier and get you out of faster. And therefore, it doesn't linger as much. Where full anesthesia, full knockout, like, we're basically dead. If you think about it, we're basically dead. They put a tube in your throat that goes to your lungs and they put you on a ventilator, I think. I think they did. And that helps you breathe the entire time because, well, you're basically dead. And so the, to me, that was really a shocking experience, I guess. And I definitely wasn't expecting the four to five days to finally get back to somewhat normal. Not that I know what the word normal means today because, well, nothing is normal. And uh, that's just a word we throw around to make ourselves feel better. So that was my experience with the anesthesia. Naturalbossnh.com. This company is awesome. You go to this website and you're going to get one of the best hand sanitizers I've ever used. This is an amazing product. This hand sanitizer is in my car. It's in my house. It's everywhere I go. And really good news, right now this product is on sale. So instead of $5, it's only $3.50. That's a great deal. They also came out with a new product a couple weeks ago. It's a salve. That's right, a salve or a solve. Uh, this stuff's awesome. Do you use O'Keefe's or any other type of creams uh, to help ashy skin, dry skin? Well, this is the time of year when you need this. So you can get your hand sanitizer and your salve today at naturalbossnh.com. There's new products coming soon. They're coming out with a lip balm. And beard oil and a soak. That's a foot soak. Doesn't that sound great? I can't wait for these new products to hit the market. Go to naturalbossnh.com today. 
and help support a local American business at naturalbossnh.com. That's N-A-T-U-R-A-L-B-O-S-S-N-H.com. So my healing is going extremely well. I actually had a really bad scare. Um, and, and it wasn't like a scare that, uh, I just scared myself. So I go on Thursday, last Thursday, and I get the stints out. These things are longer, about the length of my ring finger. That's what was stuffed up my nose and it had like wings on it and it was, it was pretty gnarly looking. Um, but so I go to go get those out. And she pulls them out. Everything's going really well. She says to gently blow your nose. Now, this is the first time I've blown my nose since this has all happened. So it went really well with her. We got some good movement. Things were looking great. Um, I was like, all right. She was, you know, I got to see the stints. Um, and then they, they tell me I can now blow my nose. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to do this. So I go home. I spray the saline solution. I get it all moist and juiced up in the nose and everything's nice and wet and I'm getting all runny. And then, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to blow my nose. So I go to blow my nose. And one of the things that they told me was do not manipulate your nose. Don't block a nostril. Don't push on one side to the other. None of that. Just put the tissue there. Blow into it gently. Let both nostrils do what they're going to do. There's the problem. I go to blow my nose and your brain tells you, this is how I've always blown my nose. So we're going to do this. But you're trying to tell yourself, no, 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 I can't do this. They told me not to. I have to do it this way. But for some reason, the uh, memory that's, been locked into your brain forever takes over and says nope we do it this way and so what I did was is I didn't manipulate my nose because I was really afraid of doing that but I stopped air from coming out of my right nostril and when I did this everything blew out the left nostril which is fine and dandy but I'm not supposed to be doing that so now the right nostril clogs up And I can't breathe out of it anymore. So this sends panic. Because I'm like, oh my God, did I just screw up? Now, I am a person that worries a lot. Especially when I've had a surgery done. Or I've done work with a doctor. We found an issue. And then there's a potential chance I could have screwed up the recovery side of things. Which is the most important side of surgery in general is recovery. If you're not taking care of your recovery, the surgery was not worth it. You screw up your recovery, it just wasn't worth it. That's the easiest way for me to say it to anybody that's listening out there. You gotta do your full recovery and as hard as it is, I wanna go on the jujitsu mats, I wanna do my shit, I wanna go running, but I can't. Can't go running till Friday, can't get back on the jujitsu mats with a person until the second week of October. So you have to, have to, have to, have to take your recovery very seriously. And I do. This is why I freaked out. So now I'm thinking I fucked up my nose. I busted it. Oh my God, what am I doing? How am I, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I just destroyed all the surgery. 
This is what runs through my brain. I get to work, and now this is my first day back, right? First day back to work. I'm super excited. We're getting into it. I'm talking to the boss. He's got to go and take care of his shit, and he jams out, leaves me with the shop, and we're good to go. So I get a downtime. I go into the shop bathroom, and I decide I'm going to try blowing my nose one more time. <laughs> so I don't know if you've ever blown your nose, and like all of a sudden you're blowing, things are moving, <clears throat> and then everything moves to a point where it stops. So like normally you just blow your nose and you push back and forth, and if there's something that tightens up on this side, you can loosen it up. This side will take over. And then you just go back and forth until you get everything out. That's how I usually blow my nose. I do a little blowy, blowy, blowy. And I didn't do that, right? I just put the tissue under my nose. And then I blew out. But I was trying to blow gently. And whatever was inside got to a point and it stopped. But when it stopped... It didn't allow any air out of either nostril. So I got like a backup pressure. And then all of a sudden, it came loose. So I'm blowing, you know, I'm, I'm blowing into it and I'm, and then it stops. So I give it a little extra, and it just like, Everything came out like super hard, super fast, sent a crazy vibration down my nose, the roof of my mouth and the front of my front teeth were in such pain from the vibration that just went through my face because of this that I literally almost dropped to the floor finished cleaning my nose, and then thought to myself, I really think I just fucked up my surgery. So now I'm panicked. I get to my phone. I call the doctor. I leave a message. And now I get a phone call back. And the nurse says to me, "Uh, okay, so are you bleeding? Because I already explained all the stuff I just explained to you to her. And I say, no, I just, you know, there was some bloody movement, but there was no blood. And she goes, okay, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to tell the doctor about this. If he doesn't call you back tonight, it's probably not an emergency, but, and since you're not bleeding and I go bleeding, what do you mean? She goes, if you busted your uh, septum again, you would have the worst bloody nose ever right now. And you just told me you're not bleeding. And I go, no, I'm not bleeding. She goes, then I think you're going to be fine. I'm going to talk to the doctor. I'll give you a call later. We'll make an appointment for you. And uh, we'll, we'll see you after the weekend. I said, oh, okay. So obviously got the appointment was today. And... While the stints were still in my nose, 
The right side, which is the side that they heavily operated on, was the side that was working. The left side was all clogged up, not doing much. As soon as the stints came out, the right side started closing up and the left side started opening. It flip-flopped instantaneously. And it wasn't because I blew my nose. It was because my body just does what our bodies do. It saw a problem with the left side, so it shut it down and it went to the right side and allowed that to work because it wasn't seeing a problem. And then as soon as it came out, it flip-flopped. It said, okay, it's time to repair the right side, open up the left. And he did say that I was accurate in my in my uh, theory. So that made me feel really good. Um, but it really goes to show you how interesting and uh, wild the human body is, huh? I mean, it's doing shit without us knowing about it all the time. And I just find it to be really amazing. Like, I find all this anesthesia to be... Very, everything's amazing to me. I mean, the technology we have today, the fact that I'm talking to you on a camera and you're going to be watching me on a phone later, it's wild. It's just wild where we are today. Um, so I was just, I found it really interesting how the human body really takes care of itself and how all of this worked out. So I did just scare myself. He looked at me at 2.30 this afternoon and he said, I can really tell that you're taking care of this. It looks amazing. Your septum is right where it belongs, dead center of your nose. You got air going in and out. And then he uh, picked my nose for me because there was some stuff down deep in there. And he picked that stuff out and he said, how did that feel? And I'm like, oh my God, I can breathe even more. And he's like, yeah, you're going to be fine. I'll see you in three weeks. And I was like, okay, so... I scared myself. Are you looking for a new vape shop? So I've got one to tell you about. It's called New Hampshire Vape Gallery, and it's located in Seabrook, New Hampshire, in between Home Depot and Smoke Rings on 180 Lafayette Road. We're open seven days a week from 1030 to 8 p.m. You can give us a call at 603-814-4171, and our doors are open to the public, provided you wear a mask. I am telling you, we have... Oh, everything you're looking for. Absolutely everything. I've got the brand new Nord X device. This thing is friggin' awesome. It's got a screen on it. It allows you to adjust up to 60 watts, uh, which has never really been done on handheld devices. So this thing is killing it. Water resistant, shock resistant. Absolutely love it. You're looking for some disposables. I got hides. I got the Profit 800 hits. I've got the Escobar 800 hits. We've got... More disposables than I know what to do with, nor do I have enough pegs to hang them on. So come on down to New Hampshire Vape Gallery, located in between Home Depot and Smoke Rings on 180 Lafayette Road, Seabrook, New Hampshire. Feel free to give us a call, 603-814-4171. We're open seven days a week from 1030 to 8 p.m. And you can come in our store, provided you wear a mask. I hope everybody has a great day, and I look forward to seeing you there. And I want to I want to touch back on recovery um, because I do find it to be one of the most important parts of it. And I think that's and I even talked to the doctor about this. He said that a lot of people fail uh, mostly during recovery. You know, they can get to surgery. They can get through surgery. They can get to the point where 
the stints come out. But after that is where it falls apart. And it's because people are impatient. They don't want to wait. And I think that's it. We're just impatient. I'm not impatient about this. I won't be impatient about this. I'm very patient. Because these four weeks where I... Well, technically, two weeks for running. About four weeks before I can actually work with somebody on the mats during jujitsu. And... I'm just taking my time. There's no rush. Because as soon as I'm 100% healed and ready to do all of those things, guess what I'm not going to have to do unless something comes up or I hurt myself? I'm not going to have to stop doing those things again. So why do I want to rush into something so quickly when they're going to be right there for me in a couple weeks after I'm healed? So, and And I bring this up because... You know, a lot of people don't take their antibiotics during or after they've been given surgery. Um, And I'm sure there's many reasons for that, but I'm against any of them. Um, I don't like taking antibiotics. I know what they do to my stomach. I know how bad they are. But when a doctor says you need to take these for seven days so that everything in your body can heal then you should listen to them. And I did. I felt like crap. I felt like crap off of my antibiotics. Um, You know, uh, they, 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 they just don't, they don't make you feel good. They don't. They fuck with your gut biome. Uh, They, they just mess with you. They make you feel off. I felt uh, just really, really off and sluggish on them. Um, obviously I hadn't been taking my supplements either up until the surgery. So I was only like a day or so in taking my supplements again and all my vitamin D's and all this other stuff. So I need to put those into my system for at least a week or two before I start feeling those a hundred percent. And now I've got antibiotics on top of that. And then once the antibiotics end, you got to keep up with the vitamins and the flushes and then just keep everything going to help the antibiotics to finally get out of your system. So I get cold sores um, and it's very unfortunate and I hate it and it's obnoxious and the antibiotics, I have not had a cold sore in, damn, almost three years, three years. I've been doing great ever since I got on this diet, ever since I've changed everything, ever since I've been working out more figuring out how to let go of my stress, working on myself in general and just making things better. I have not had one cold sore, not one. And then as soon as I'm taking antibiotics, my body goes, eh, maybe it's our time. And sure as shit, I got a cold sore. And then I get off the antibiotics and it suppresses. But unfortunately, it still showed up. It's super annoying and I hate them. But it just goes to show you what antibiotics does to your body. So without antibiotics and with all the the meal preps and all the stuff that I do and how I take care of my diet and all my vitamins and all my supplements and everything that I do, I had three years with nothing. I take antibiotics for freaking seven days and I got one. So I was like, man, what a bummer. 
So it's just one of those things. You got to take your antibiotics, whether you want to or not. You got to take those things because that's going to help your recovery. Recovery, 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 everyone. It's very important. I can't stress it enough. It's the same with when you work out. If you're working out all the time and you're not recovering properly, the workouts are worthless because you're going to hurt yourself. And then you're stuck not being able to work out and all you can do is recover. So it, it leads you down this road of just not being able to do what you want to do. And you, nobody wants to do that to themselves. So I say take your antibiotics. Do exactly what the doctors tell you. They have a degree. All right. I'm not one of those people going to WebMD and then going to my doctors and then telling my doctors what they should and shouldn't be doing. You can't look at the internet for answers all the time. It's not going to give you all the answers. You have to understand that the algorithm is written for your personal searches, your personal answers. And so a lot of the stuff that we look up I could look up the same stuff and I'm going to get different websites than you because my algorithm's different. And not a lot of people realize that this is going on today. So they think whatever they're finding is actually a finding and it's not personalized. And I have to tell you, I believe almost everything that we look up is personalized because they are taking our information to personalize everything for us and make sure that the ads are for us, that the information that we look up is for us or is something we agree with. And if we look up stuff that makes us upset and angry, the algorithm changes and then it just feeds you stuff that makes you angry and upset. So this is the way it works. So I, I did not take my painkillers. And I, I, I disagree with them. I disagree with pain meds. Um, obviously, uh, if, you, if you really, really need them, I, I'm not saying that you shouldn't take them. I'm saying you do. The doctor prescribes them to you. You take them. That's fine. That's your choice. Uh, my choice was to find out um, how bad it was really going to get. And I really wanted to know how bad this was going to feel because you have to remember that the body, when it tells you you're in pain, uh, you don't want to cover that up all the time, right? You want to figure out what's causing the pain, and then you want to correct uh, whatever is causing the pain so that it doesn't cause you pain anymore. And if you take pain meds, that numbs it. It doesn't allow the signal to get to where it needs to go, and you could injure yourself more. Um, you could think that you're better when you're not. And of course, there's always the potential chance of getting addicted. And because I already have an addictive personality and I really enjoyed pain medication when I was younger, um, I, I was like, no, I'm not going to take my pain meds. So I didn't take my pain meds. And I will have to tell you the first day was okay. Second day was meh. The third day, really brutal really, really, really brutal. Like if you have bad allergies, this will connect with you. So basically my forehead, my eyeballs, my teeth, all under pressure, super, 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 super sinus pressure. And then the back of the head as well. So it's just all this, like an anvil is just crushing my face. And that was the worst it got. And I mean, that's really no different than some of the allergy 
uh, attacks I've had, like uh, when my sinuses go haywire and they get stuffed up and then all that pressure builds and it was it was like that, just a little bit more intense, you know, because I got a thing wrapped around my nose and I got blood dripping out of it and all this other bullshit going on. So it it it, it really wasn't much more than that. Now, if you have a knee surgery or you have any type of like giant surgery, then yeah, sure, you you might need some pain meds for that. But my thoughts on it are we should allow the body to tell us what's wrong before we try numbing it. You know, I just feel like if you get right out of the gate, you go, you get your script, you go home, and now just before bed, you're popping a pain pill. If you're... If the pain is keeping you from sleeping, then I guess I can understand wanting to sleep because those will definitely do that to you. But I don't know, man. I I don't know. I just don't know. I'm a different animal. I really... I guess I almost enjoyed the fact that I wasn't taking pain meds. It was almost like a challenge to me. I was like, yeah, I can do this without it. And I was also like, eh, I just do not want to pay $23 for pills I'm going to throw in a fucking trash. So I didn't take any pain meds. It's not like I'm patting myself on the back. It was just I really wanted to see how my body was going to react. And I wanted to see what signals it was going to tell me. And I wanted to see uh, how, how bad this really was. Because the last time this happened, well, when this when I broke my nose... It was over a steering wheel. I was taking pain meds. I was drinking. I was doing all kinds of stupid shit. So I never let the body talk to me at all. And that's probably why it healed all fucked up because I was all fucked up. And I had no idea that it was incorrectly healing because I spent way too much time just getting fucked up and not worrying about it because I was like, oh, it's just going to heal. It's going to go back. And maybe if I was paying attention, you know, maybe... But who cares about maybe? What are you going to do with a maybe? It didn't happen that way. This is how it went down. And now it's fixed. And I'm just really, really trying to take care of it while it's healing. I love schedules. I love figuring out a schedule. I love keeping a schedule. I was not always an on-time person. So that's not really my strong suit. But just the structure of a schedule was always really nice uh, for me. It helps me uh, keep my day structured. It helps me keep my week structured. It helps me with my structure in my life. And I bring this up because I've been posting a lot online. And uh, you can, uh, I've been posting a lot online Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. All, all of them. Uh, I use them all. So I've been putting stuff out there about how I'm keeping to my schedule, even though I can't run, I can't, uh, I can't exercise, I can't, I can't do anything that I was doing before this surgery, and that's okay. Because getting up in the morning, keeping that alarm clock on, and still getting up as if I was going to run or still getting up as if I was going to jujitsu or if I was going to do these things. 
that was the most important part to me because that's that I feel is like the key. That's the key right there. You can literally probably stop doing almost all of the exercising, all the running, all of the everything. But as soon as you let go of that schedule and you lose that like time slot, I'm going to call it, I feel like the whole thing falls apart. You know? So I've been sticking to it. I've been getting a lot of positive feedback from people saying how uh, you know they they didn't stick to their schedule when they had certain things and it was really hard for them to get started again and that uh, it was a, it was a really good idea to stick with the times that you were doing things even though you can't do those things anymore. So like everything I talk about, it's all about keeping, Keeping things going, keeping them moving forward, keeping everything so that everything moves smoothly for me. And that schedule is probably the one thing that I cannot break today because I finally fine-tuned it to such a point that now it's like eating and breathing. So simple to do. That alarm goes off six o'clock in the morning, every morning, six days a week. Sunday, I sleep in an extra hour or two, and I still do. And and, and after this Friday, I will be running again at seven o'clock in the morning, every morning. And I'm actually thinking about bringing it into Sunday. Doctor says that I should be able to sleep a little bit better. Uh, because now that I can actually breathe out of both nostrils, I, I, it was possible that on days I was feeling up, t- waking up feeling tired, I actually w- was. I wasn't getting the proper sleep because I wasn't getting the proper amount of oxygen into my brain, so it would wake me up, but it never woke, because when she said that, I said, well, I never woke up, and she goes, no, 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 it doesn't wake you up, it just gets you out of that REM. So you might just get out of the REM and then you're, 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 you're asleep, but you're not deep sleep. So you lose that deep sleep. And she said that there's a possibility now uh, that I, uh, my five to six hours a night could actually be enough for me. And I may actually start waking up and feeling refreshed and all that other good stuff. I'm sure once, you know, the, um, once the, uh, uh, antibiotics finally pass through, and I I I, I really want to say anesthesia is like a week, but I have heard a month. Um, but I feel like after all of that is out of the system, and I finally get to take a good night's sleep and take these nostrils for a test run per se, because uh, I'm still feel still waking up a little foggy here and there. I really am. And I don't know if that's just because I had to start going back to work. So now I got to get back into the work routine. And it was just a few different things last week. So, but um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I really feel like uh, everything is going to be a lot easier for me uh, because now I can just breathe so much easier. And I'm telling you, if you have been pushing this off, I just talked to one of my good friends today. And he's thinking about getting his done. And I told him, don't put it off anymore. Just 
go get it done because I'm telling you right now, it's one of the best things I did. And he asked me, he's like, have you already seen a difference? And I'm like a thousand percent, a thousand percent being able to breathe out of the nostril. I couldn't breathe out of anymore is just a miracle. It's great. And I recommend this for everybody who wants to have it done. If you need it done, go get it. You know, don't hesitate. Um, but it is a pain in the ass right now because of COVID. So if you have to, maybe push it off till 2021 so you don't have to waste as many days out of work as I did. Um, but it's all, this is all good stuff. I'm so glad to be back on camera talking to you guys. I hope I don't sound nasally anymore. Uh, I, I just, yeah, this has just been, it's been a great experience and I'm glad I could share it with all of you. And I hope... Every single one of you have a great rest of your week. Uh, remember, as always, subscribe. If you enjoy the videos, hit those like buttons. And as always, I'll talk to you later. Later.